0: Welcome to the weekend edition of The Daily Stoic. Each weekday, we bring you a meditation inspired by the ancient Stoics, something to help you live up to those four Stoic virtues of courage, justice, temperance, and wisdom. And then here on the weekend, we take a deeper dive into those same topics. We interview Stoic philosophers. We explore at length how these Stoic ideas can be applied to our actual lives and the challenging issues of our time. Here on the weekend, when you have a little bit more space, when things have slowed down, be sure to take some time to think, to go for a walk, to sit with your journal, and most importantly, to prepare for what the week ahead may bring. everything. That's dell.com slash deals. Every business is constantly asking themselves, what's a thing I can do to take my business to the next level? It's something I'm thinking about, of course, over at Daily Stoic and Daily Dad and the Painted Porch. And one of the tools I use for just that is LinkedIn Jobs, because LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and free. You might have just listened to the episode I put up where I was given a talk at LinkedIn back in. 2017. So I've been using LinkedIn a long time because LinkedIn isn't just another job board. It has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. We've hired multiple people here at Daily Stoic from LinkedIn. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com/stoic. That's linkedin.com/stoic to post your job for free. Terms and and conditions apply. Hey, everyone, it's Ryan Holiday. Welcome to another episode of the Daily Stoic Podcast. Several months ago, I got this delightful email from a woman named Mackenzie Green. She said, hi, Ryan, I wanted to thank you. I took your Stoicism 101 course, and I even got to ask you a question. Prior to getting into Stoicism, I thought it was just something for white dudes in tech. This is what she's saying. She said she listened to various interviews we had with women where we talked about uh, women's role in the Old West, for instance. And then we talked about uh, parallels between Epictetus and Frederick Douglass. And she said, I started to see the stoicism of Jackie Robinson, Harriet Tubman, uh, Oprah, and others. And then she said, and I saw it in my father, a member of the Little Rock Nine. And I started to see the stoic principles in practice besides white dudes in Silicon Valley. I was so grateful to get this email because stoicism is not just for white dudes in tech, as uh, you know, and as I deeply believe. Um, but i was just so uh, surprised and excited to get an email from the daughter of someone who uh, was in the little rock 9 the little rock 9 being uh, the 9 uh, young black men and women who integrated little rock central high school in the mid in the mid to late 1950s uh, as part of uh, the the response to the ruling of brown v board of education the first one of the first major integrations of american uh, education, breaking down the longstanding and evil uh, reign of Jim Crow segregation. We talked, Mackenzie and I, and I said, hey, would your father ever like to come on the podcast? And she said uh, she'd think about it, that when she was traveling this summer, she might connect and talk to him. Anyways, this all happened in May, uh, and here we are now in August recording, and I got on the line with the one and only Ernest Green, uh, a real American hero who, in nineteen 19- 57, was one of the first black students to ever attend classes in Arkansas. And more than just, uh, he's actually, as we talk about, the oldest of the students. Uh, He's a senior. Most of them are much younger. Um, He's also an Eagle Scout, as we talk about. And then he goes on afterwards uh, to attend Michigan State University and then serve in the Carter administration, work at Lehman Brothers and has a whole interesting, inspiring career. Uh, But but is best known for this moment of courage and bravery in 1957, where uh, he challenges not only uh, segregation, uh, but but faces uh, bayonets and guns as as the governor of, of, of Arkansas sends out. The National Guard to, uh, to to attempt to stop them. So it's a fascinating story, and it's funny. You know, I was I was just reading this biography of Ralph Ellison uh, for the book uh, series that I'm working on now, um, and it's really funny. There's a passage here. I thought I'd read it to you. This is on page 421, uh, where uh, Ellison is in a discussion with Hannah Arendt, uh, the 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 sort of scholar on the banality of evil, uh, a, a well known philosopher on on Nazism and and it, the, the, the the horrible injustices of the 20th century, she actually talks about how she was disturbed, um, even mortified uh, that that families were sending uh, their kids to these schools, uh, you know, essentially uh, potentially sacrificing them to 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 advance this uh, a cause that she agreed with, but she was worried about their safety. And she's talking to Ellison about this. I, I thought this was really great. Um, strenuously. Ad- Strenuously objecting to a rent, Ralph pointed out that behind the parents' actions, although some students had volunteered for the tasks. And specifically, Ernest Green volunteered. Uh, so I think that's a- another uh, inspiring note to his favor. Uh, he says, "This was neither negligence nor pushiness, but a nobility of ideals, but a nobility of ideals involving self-confidence, self-consciousness, self-mastery, insight and compassion." The parents, he said, recognized the overtones of a right of initiation in their children's suffering. And they expected a son to face the terror and contain his fear of, and anger precisely because he is a Negro American. And then uh, in the discussion, Arendt concedes privately to Ralph that you are entirely right. It is precisely this ideal of sacrifice that I didn't understand. I would say that there's not a better description of stoicism than that than that series of phrases there, self-confidence, self-consciousness, self-mastery, insight, and compassion. Facing tear and containing your fear and anger precisely because of who you are. I love that so much. So I'm very excited to bring you this interview with Ernest Green. Uh, civil rights activist, uh, American hero, I would say, and uh, all around wonderful person, father and grandfather, as we talk about. Uh, I hope you enjoy this interview. And I think on that note, a final spot to end is a reminder that my new book, Courage is Calling, is available for pre-order now. You can sign up at dailystoic.com slash pre-order. I actually uh, talk quite a bit about the civil rights movement. Martin Luther King is a hero of the book, Ernest Green talks about uh, in in the interview here that Martin Luther King actually attended uh, his high school graduation and they got to know each other over the years. Um, I talk about Martin Luther King. I talk about uh, John Lewis. uh, I talk about Ralph Abernathy and a number of other civil rights heroes because there is uh, no real activism or justice without courage. Uh, And we talk about a whole I talk about a whole number of other courageous people, men and women like Ernest Green, who stood up or sat down who did the right thing despite an enormous amount of pressure and fear and danger to the contrary. And those are precisely the people that we need to study, that we need to emulate more in our own life, personally, professionally, politically. And, uh, anyways, I hope you check out the new book. It's out September 28th and you can get a whole bunch of awesome pre-order bonuses. If you sign up at dailystoiccom pre-order, pick up a copy anywhere books are sold. You send in an email for, for the bonuses and, uh, you can check out the book, and I hope you like it. So, so walk me through. I, I think some people are familiar with the big day as they've seen it on television so many times or or heard about it so many times. But walk, walk me through the run-up to finding yourself at this historical moment.
1: Well I think you have to uh, you have to walk back to the uh Supreme Court decision of Brown versus the Board of Education uh which outlawed segregation uh in public uh, public schools and as I said sometimes it seemed like a non event not an event that um Little Rock School Board was attempting to comply with the Brown decision that the Supreme Court handed down. Sure, and um, I, I'm like any uh, uh, 15, 16-year-old uh, that I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. It didn't, you know. I'm historic moments are not something you go outside your comfort zone to uh, to be involved in. But uh, the spring of 1957, the Little Rock School Board was uh, attempting to comply with the um, Supreme Court decision. At least that's what they said. And they asked for students who lived in the school district, who were uh, interested in volunteering, uh, to sign a sheet of paper. And I complied with that, and signed the sheet of paper and didn't pay any any attention to it and as the summer of fifty seven uh, rolled along, I had a summer job i was uh uh the uh houseman at a uh, country club in little Rock and uh you know i got I got a hamburger and a soft drink and made whatever the minimum wage was at that time, and I was a happy camper. Well, as the summer uh, developed, it turned out that the governor of Arkansas said he was going to uh, call out the, the, the National Guard to keep us from going to Central High School. And so you created this, this, uh, this constitutional conflict, Again, you know, I'm like any other teenager. It doesn't check out as the most important thing for my summer, but it also meant that I had to pay a lot more attention to this event because I was the only one in the 12th grade that's the paper and was the only one that at the end of the day the Little Rock School Board uh, decided to uh, invite us to become the Little Rock Nine. Uh, my, my, uh, my interests did get heightened though, when all of this activity around uh, our going to Central High School developed. Uh, in fact, in my shorthand, uh, said to me that uh if all this attention is being paid to this going to the school this has got to be some sort of big deal and the uh, uh summer of 57 uh, the governor uh, who was Orville Faubus announced that he was going to uh, the night before we were to to uh go to Central that he was gonna use the National Guard to bar us from entrance. And I thought from that point on, uh, this must be something of importance. It, it was important, I guess, if I look at two events that that uh, sort of uh, centered me. One was the Montgomery bus boycott in which involved uh, Dr. King and Rosa, Fox and a number of other people, and then the uh, the second event was the murder of of uh, um, of uh, Emmett Till. I'm drawing
0: Emmett Till. Emmett
1: Till. yeah. That, uh, Emmett Till. Emmett Till's murder was in the spring of '57. Uh, the Montgomery bus boycott began uh, that winter. And and you spent some time, you know, looking at uh uh events around civil rights. I, I didn't uh, see myself as a um as one of the shock troopers, um, but I thought that uh if this was gonna change the way black people were perceived, uh the way that they had an opportunity to uh, 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 interact, elimination of Jim Crow, all of these things leading up to a change that I thought was great for me. I believe that uh, uh, non-events were something that we shouldn't pay attention to. And then thirdly, uh, I saw all of this is helping to uh, improve the atmosphere around uh, Little Rock for
0: myself. So the, the other students were all much younger than you. So you, you in effect, volunteered, as opposed to your parents sort of signing you up for it. So you must have had oh, some, yeah. some your parents were well, activists it, it as looked, well, right?
1: My, uh, my mother was a school teacher, my, my uh, aunt, was uh, uh, a teacher. My grandfather was a a, letter, a postal carrier. Uh, and he had tried at some point to vote in the Democratic primary. And he was pushed away uh, with the uh, use of a gun, a rifle. Um, my mother was also, and my aunt, uh, involved in a uh, court case for equal pay between black and white teachers. And um, the teacher who brought the suit, uh, the moment she brought the suit, she was fired from uh, Little Rock School school District. And she, uh, my mother and a number of other teachers pooled their money together to provide income for her during the course of that year, as she was the plaintiff. Anyway, the uh, the uh, lawyer that handled that case for uh, the, the black school teachers was Thurgood Marshall. Wow. So yeah, we were we we were activists without uh, spending a lot of time uh, knowing that uh, this was going to be the beginning of a revolution. And you were also a, an Eagle Scout, right? I was an Eagle Scout, I had uh, uh, become an Eagle Scout the, uh, that spring, so before I was at Central High School, uh, I said I always used my merit badges to figure out what I wanted to do next and uh, uh, that, helped me, um, uh, that, that
0: helped me get through that idea. Was, it must have been perplexing, right? You, you, you come from a, a family of people who are contributing to the community. You're an Eagle Scout. You have a summer job. You are a good student. How did it feel as a kid to have this sort of intensity of hatred and disagreement and objection to a person who is effectively doing everything right? That must have been strange to wrap your head around at such a young age
1: yeah well you know that's that's one of the uh inconsistencies of of uh, segregation and, and jim crow at that period of time that the people that i knew i knew the we had a a doctor we had a pharmacist had a a lawyer um daisy Bates, who was uh publisher of the uh uh, weekly newspaper. All these people were making a contribution, and yet, if you listen to the uh, to the segregationists, they would say that the black community doesn't contribute anything; that uh, they are uh, obviously uh, not making any impact, positive impact, and that uh, we've got to figure a way to keep them. Uh, keep them segregated and keep yeah. them away from, from the majority community.
0: What, so, so the day comes and you're, you're there for your first day of school. I imagine this is the scariest moment of your life?
1: Well, to uh, have somebody with bayonets and uh, right. rifles pointed that they're keeping me away, they're letting these other students Go to class. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's a difficult uh, uh, issue to get your head wrapped around. But you also knew that being a black person at that point in time, that if they were working that hard to keep you out, it had to be something going on that was worth pursuing, and that uh, this represented to me, an opportunity to change the atmosphere, change the, uh, the, uh, uh, matrix of how we were considered worthless and that, uh, it made me feel that I had, I, I, I should be there. I mean, yeah. it was my opportunity to say that, uh, Um, you got the wrong person. I'm obviously uh,
0: important, and um, I want to be inside that school. I I love that. That's such an interesting way of thinking about it. Yeah, the the reason they were trying to keep you out is that it was very, very valuable, and they were trying to keep it for themselves. Even though it was dressed up in racism and and, and hatred, it was really about self-interest,
1: Yeah, and and you came to the conclusion that um, you were making a real contribution to the community, much more so than they were willing to admit, and that segregation and Jim Crow and all of the rationale that they threw up to keep you out didn't make sense. I should be there, and I'm going to I'm going to stay there at that front gate until you let me in.
0: Yeah, I, I interviewed George Ravling a few years ago. Uh, he's one of the the pioneering basketball coaches. He uh, he he was there on the steps of the uh the the Washington Monument or uh, the Lincoln Monument when um when King gave the I Have a Dream speech. And actually, Martin Luther King gave him the speech as he walked down the stairs. And uh, George was telling me that his grandmother. Would every time she saw him, she would say, "You know, George, why did the slave owners keep their money in books? Why did they hide their money in in the books on on the plantation?" And he said, "I don't know." And she said, Be- "Because she thought the slaves would never look there." And uh, his what he took from that was yeah. Well, go ahead. Sorry, he he was he was saying that because they, they, they knew books were valuable, but were trying to deceive him from thinking they were valuable. And that's precisely why he has spent so much of his life reading uh, the things, precisely the things that they're trying to keep away from you are the things you deserve and should be seeking out. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. These tools would have been super helpful to me when I was growing The Daily Stoic, when I was writing my first book, and in fact, have been, right? The Daily Soak is built around email marketing. That may well be how you heard of this very podcast. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more and fast track growth. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Look, when I was first thinking of going to therapy, it was a little overwhelming, right? What's covered by insurance? How far do I have to drive? When do they have appointments? I mean, when I first started going to therapy, the idea of online therapy, virtual therapy, it wasn't even an option. And now things are so much easier, so much better. Therapy can help you shift your perspective, find tools to cope in difficult times, be a guiding light. And Talkspace, specifically today's sponsor, can help with any specific challenges you might be facing. It's the number one online therapy platform with licensed therapists in over 40 specialties. And with Talkspace, you can easily find a therapist that you like. You can schedule virtual appointments and make the most of your time, which even as you're taking care of yourself, you always should try to do. And as a listener of this podcast, you'll get 80 bucks off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com stoic. To match with a licensed therapist, go to Talkspace.com stoic. To get 80 bucks off your first month, show your support for the show, that's Talkspace.com slash stoic.
1: Well, I I appreciate that because I was at the march as well uh, and uh, had an opportunity uh, to hear Dr. King speak. Well, and and I, I don't know whether you're aware that uh, he came to my... Gr- graduation my high school wow. graduation I didn't know that uh he, yeah he was um he was giving a speech in uh Pine Bluff Arkansas which is maybe 20 30 miles from Little Rock and he decided that he wanted to witness my graduation he came up sat with uh the woman who I mentioned Daisy Bates and my family and so I always say that I'm one of the few people in the world that had Dr. Martin Luther King at their high school graduation. But over the years, I had an opportunity to see him. And and as I said, I was at the march uh, for for Jobs and Freedom, uh, that uh, Dr. King was there. uh, A. Philip Randolph was there. Um, Marlon Brando was there, uh, and it was, it was an event to, uh, to be,
0: I bet. Um, I'm, I'm... so, so when you walk into that school for the, the first time, what, once you sort of get past the barriers and once you're inside, what was it like to, to be showing up to, to your senior year of high school, which is difficult and strange and weird. Even under normal circumstances, how did you how did you navigate that year and get your education while so many people were you know probably rooting for and trying to uh, make you fail? To have you fail. <laughs> well,
1: I I think that uh, because they worked hard at trying to make me fail, made me also stronger in terms of trying to succeed. Um, I paid a lot of attention to uh, the fact that I needed to study. In fact, I had uh, a couple of tutors that were working with me. I had a course in physics that was really um, very difficult for me, but uh, I, the reason I got through it is I had a my tutor was a physics professor from the University of Arkansas Medical School, he was white. And uh, every Saturday for the entire school year, he and I ha- had tutoring sessions that helped me get through that. So there were people who were trying to see that I would could succeed, but most of them, most of the students were um, Really afraid being led by by their families or their community that somehow they should feel they shouldn't help us, sure they shouldn't reach out, and um, I think that uh, it's a sad state when I uh, look back at what could have happened. Uh that didn't happen. But I was committed that I was going to go through that year. I was going to succeed. And that um, it was going to be a year in which uh, um, I would pass my courses and hopefully get on to college.
0: It, it must have been strange. As you said, Some some people were rooting for you. Some people were rooting against you. At first, the governor sends... The National Guard to keep you out, and then Eisenhower sends in the Airborne to let you in. It must have been strange that you have you're seeing the absolute worst and the best of people at the same time. Well, it it was,
1: and and the fact that President Eisenhower sent in the 101st Airborne. Uh, which are you know uh, elite troops uh, to to help us get into school was another indication that this was this was a big deal. <laughs> I needed to make certain that I succeed at it, and that uh, there were people around the country who cared, not just those in Little Rock, or Arkansas, who wanted to see
0: me fail. Is it, is it hard for you to, how, how do you go through the world knowing that some of the people are really good and some of the people are really bad or that, that some people have, you know, Martin Luther King talked about how we all have a North and a South in our soul and that there's a battle, which side are you going to be on? How, how do you, how do you navigate seeing up close, uh, the sort of the two paths that individuals could take? Uh, that, that seems like it would be hard to unsee. Once you've been screamed at by uh, horrible racists, yeah. once people have thrown rocks at you, once people have threatened your family, how do you unsee that?
1: Well, you, you knew growing up in Little Rock that this was an attitude that a number of people had. And that uh, I was taught by my family and by my friends and my community that I had value. I, I was worth, worth something. I was, I was important to me. And that, as you mentioned, the, uh, uh, the coach who said that they hid their, uh, their money in books because they didn't feel that one, black people could read Two that they were going to look in a book. Um, And I think that at each point, I had an opportunity, along with my friends, to disprove that uh, they had the wrong view about who I was and what I could do. And and that way, I could always read, and they wouldn't know that uh, I had...
0: I had a uh, idea where the money was. <laughs> so I, I think uh, particularly growing up, I felt this way. This feels like it was all a very long time ago. Um, but I was just reading to my son. Uh, there's a children's book. My son's four. Now, and Ruby Bridges wrote a children's book. Um, and uh, I'm reading the back of it. And she's only 66 years old. And you're uh, 79, 80? It's not, it wasn't that long ago that this happened.
1: Yeah, no, this was, uh, this was recent. In fact, we were a year before Ruby, uh, when she went to school in New Orleans. That Little Rock was the uh, 57, I think. She was 58, 59 um, when she went to uh, school in New Orleans. But no, this this is less than a hundred years, and we're still fighting ideas that uh, uh, culminate in racist views about what people can and can't do. And that's why I think it's important for you to read to your son that uh, we're ready to take on these challenges. Uh, we're ready to disprove backwards thinking That people have about other people, and that uh, we're ready to show the world, and uh, that uh, this is a changed atmosphere. That this is a place that uh, we're able to show that we can uh, we can grow. We as a country have to grow. Uh, We're going. A world in which uh, people, uh, as Dr. King said, hopefully judged by the content of their character, uh, not who they are. So, race, uh, justice, uh, an opportunity to show that uh, we all can make a contribution is where we are at this moment.
0: I, as I was. uh... Thinking about all this, I I um, I reached out to my family because my grandmother uh, and her side of the family is all from Bearville, Arkansas. And and so I, I asked, I said, you know, uh, did my grandmother was was the high school she went to segregated? Um, and they said, uh, actually, um, I guess the senior year of her high school. Uh, her the Berryville high school was destroyed by a tornado and so she went to little rock high school she they they sent her to little rock high school i think this is 45 46 uh the last year of her high school she went to the same high school that you did and it was interesting to me to think one again this is not that long ago i spent a lot of time with this woman when i was growing up um that my own grandmother pre went to high school 10 years before you did and it was segregated But the thing that struck me about it was it was never once talked about, like, you know, we talk about privilege or we talk about advantages. It never once came up that my grandmother got to go to a high school that kept out a significant percentage of the population who still had to pay taxes, who still had an equal right to go there. It's it's interesting to me. We talk about sort of how advantages get passed down, like it's never been thought about in my family that we, you know, I think people go, Oh, we're not racist, but we still don't think about how the, that racist system benefited us at the expense of another group.
1: And and I, I will add that my, my dad went to Europe and fought in world war one. Wow. Now he, he went, he went to France to help, <laughs> right, French, and when he came back a little like he couldn't vote uh, and it, it, it's a it's a series of positions that when you stand on your head, it doesn't make sense. They can't justify it they 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 can't logically uh explain it it doesn't doesn't translate and that's why I think as soon as we can get... As many of these old vestiges of uh, Jim Crow and segregation, whether they are statues uh, or, uh, or behavior, or, or availability of uh, opportunity, all of it doesn't. We have an opportunity, our generation, your generation, your, your, uh, your children to uh, correct that and make certain that we don't have to live in, in the past like we've done in the uh, before
0: yeah and you, you mentioned Emmett Till earlier uh, I was I was reading an article um, Wright Thompson wrote an article in the Atlantic about Emmett Till in the barn where he was killed and the most stunning part of that piece uh, that really that really brings home how recent some of this was, is that the woman that Emmett Till supposedly whistled at, although she, it, it sounds like she actually made it up, but the woman at the center of all of that is still alive.
1: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, and if you ask her what happened, she'll probably tell you she doesn't remember now. Uh, so that we are a nation that uh, uh, I think our strength is our diversity. Uh, And yet we fight hard not to recognize that. So that seems to me what we need to do, especially with generation of your kids, is make sure that all these blind Alleys that we've been going up and down, that we get away from it and get on with recognizing who we are, why we can't be a better country than we are, and what our strengths are. I, I mean, it's it, it is uh, it is mind-boggling that no. we still fight, that we're still fighting the civil war, and that. Uh, uh, <laughs> We can't give it up uh, for a, a better future that's right in front of us.
0: I, I'm really glad you brought that up because you know the irony of, uh, and, and maybe sometimes it's easier to see it in when you look at another country, right? The irony of uh, Nazi Germany is that uh, the, the Second World War is ultimately won in large part uh, through the work of Jewish scientists who are driven out of germany by the nazis who come to america and britain and do all sorts of important work for the allied cause and i think that's one part of segregation and racism and jim crow that we don't think about it's not just that it was morally wrong it was also economically stupid in a profound way because i think about uh, the the illustrious career that you've gone on to have and the work that 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 many of the 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 other members of the uh the Little Rock 9 have have gone on uh to do it just just being ordinary uh, parents uh, raising good families having good jobs and to think that systematically the laws of this country prevented that from happening if you had been born 1 year earlier or 1 year later actually you might not have been able to have the career that you've had or made the make the contributions that you've made because We would have been shooting ourselves in the foot by holding you you and people like you down. That that's diversity is a strength. And yet, as you said, we seem to fight it at every step of the way. The Daily Stoic is brought to you by progressive insurance. One of the cool things about podcasts is that you can multitask while you're listening. get your Easter shopping done without leaving the house with DoorDash. When the holidays come around and family comes to town, things can get forgotten. But with DoorDash, you can order your Easter baskets, chocolate bunnies, brunch must-haves, and so much more all in one place delivered right to your door. Actually, last Easter, I was in Annapolis. I was giving a talk and we realized we didn't have some of the Easter supplies we needed for the hotel room we were in to give our kids a little on-the-road Easter experience. And that's what we did. We DoorDashed everything we needed for Easter, just like a couple weeks ago when I hurt my ankle, I DoorDashed an ankle brace and some medicine. You can get anything you need on DoorDash with so many local and national stores to choose from. You can take it easy this Easter knowing you can get everything you need. Whether you're looking for plastic eggs for your Easter egg hunt or needing an ingredient for a side dish, DoorDash can help. Order now and get everything you need for Easter on DoorDash. Use code Stoic to get 50% off up to $10 when you spend 15 bucks on your next convenience, grocery, or retail order on DoorDash. That's code daily stoic order using doordash today for eligible users only terms apply
1: yeah well well i I think that uh in a uh in a world that seems to become coming more diverse that if we're going to uh recognize our strengths as a country we've got to recognize our assets and uh it seems to me that the fact that we are not a, uh, we are a multicultural uh, country with people from all over the world. Uh, we we uh, need to get on with with proving why that's important and not see it as a hindrance.
0: So, so you experienced this, you, you saw sort of raw, unadulterated Unadulterated, violent racism up front, right? You saw the crowd screaming at you. You saw like literal uh 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 troops having to hold it back. Um that doesn't just disappear, right? It seems very distant now. Um, but but that didn't just disappear. Where does that where does that energy go, you think? All these people no, who are... and,
1: and and probably go ahead. Where does the energy go? Well, that, that's a that's a great question. It ought to go towards an improvement of opportunity for everybody in this country, um, and I think the sooner we, we figure that out, you know, hopefully leadership um, is going to spend some time trying to work on that. I I think uh, the president administration, uh, obviously, it, a very important accomplishment to have a vice president of the country that is is not a white male. Sure. Uh, that, uh, in fact, it probably does greater uh, opportunity for uh, for young women to see Vice President Harris uh, than it does to see her as as uh, as a person of color. I, I I think that you know you're um, interviewing. Um, you're recognizing that um, we are a different place. Um, that when you talk to your son uh, and and ask him. Uh, what does he see? You know the 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 uh, opportunities in America. He, he, he would probably tell you he sees Martians, which wouldn't be bad because we're spending all this time trying to get to Mars, and if anybody's up there, we're, we're going to be shocked out of our our pants. Um, but we are at a point. We have an opportunity to look at the future as something different than our history. And um, I feel great about that. I I see it in my family. I see it with my children who are all adults and grown up and families that they have. Um, Can America be different for the future? Than what we've seen it become in the past. And I I'm an optimist. I Me believe too. that that's possible. And uh, that's why I wanted to go to that school. And that's why I believe, you
0: know, change is change is good. Well, and that was sort of my question. I I think I think maybe we've told ourselves a story that as soon as the schools were desegregated, or as soon as uh, you know, the voting rights act was passed that this all went away. And I guess what I'm saying is you, you saw these people up close, you saw, you met their children, or, or maybe you went to class with them. They didn't magically get transformed just because Ernest Green sat next to them in history class or physics class. So how have you seen that evolution in, in people? Like, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is it feels like we're having this reckoning now in the United States because we realize that, just because we made a few changes doesn't mean that, that everyone's soul was transformed, that we suddenly, that we suddenly grew out of this many-century-long tradition of thinking about things the wrong way.
1: But, but you're answering the question, <laughs> because it's more than just reckoning and sitting next to me in a physics class. It's a long history. And but the but is that it can change. There are enough people who are willing to uh, spend time trying to make it permanent, not just window dressing. Sure. And if anybody thinks that simply because uh, we did one act, or we made one. One
0: change here or that or that we had uh, a black president or a black vice president. We had a black president. Uh, all of that it's not that
1: it doesn't mean anything. It's just that we have been so long at trying to prove that people don't have qualities of change that we don't know when change comes. And I'm a witness that change is possible, but it is awfully difficult. It is awfully difficult. And that what we gotta do is get people committed to stay with it and not give up because we got some knuckleheads who uh, wanna resist change. I mean, I don't know where they're gonna go. You know, they go to Iceland uh, or someplace. They go go to Mars, I guess. But they've got to be willing to accept the fact that we're all human beings and we've got something to contribute to the plus side of this country.
0: Well, I love that you said that you're an optimist because I think people it's not that they use that as an excuse, but it's not enough to be, you weren't just, hey, I think the future is going to be better or I think things will work out. Your optimism was also connected with, the actions that you took, right? Um, so I think people sometimes think progress just happens. Of course it does, but progress happens because individuals and groups come together and make progress together. And they and they
1: continue to demand change. Um, I think it's, as I said, my, my dad fought in World War I. And and yet he was uh, working on this abstract idea of equality. And when he came home, there were a whole ton of people who were resisting. He considered himself equal to me. Who Who does he think he is? Right. And I'm here to say that you and I and your kids and mine and my family and other members of the nine and a, a big world out there, but we're not going to give in to the knuckleheads that say change can occur and that I've got to live in the past. Uh, I'm going to want more. Uh, I'm willing to fight for more. And uh, I think, we have an opportunity to make the change stick.
0: Well, I'm so glad you brought that up because it it is fascinating. Uh, the you, you talked about how we stand on our head; we can't make it work. I just looked. I just looked up uh, uh, Orville Fabus, the the governor of uh, of Arkansas, who who worked so hard to prevent you from going to school. He was in the U.S. Army from 1942 to 46. He was a major in the infantry. Uh, participated in D-Day and the Battle of the Bulge, so he he goes overseas to fight fascism, to 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 fight for freedom and democracy, and then comes home and is an active participant in the suppression of those very ideas at home. It's 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 so baffling uh, that uh, I can't I don't know how you make sense of it.
1: Well, I, I and I agree with you. I don't know how he makes sense with it either. Part of it was that we thought that Little Rock and Arkansas were a bit more more progressive than some other communities in the South. Uh, That's why I thought that my first day at school, I would have an opportunity to meet some students um, who were interested in what I thought of the world and, and I I had an opportunity to figure out what they thought of the world. Mostly what I met the first week were students who were afraid to have any contact with me, Um, that uh, they were gonna be ostracized. They were going to uh, uh, be told by their friends and neighbors that uh, they couldn't uh, have a relationship with me because <laughs> I was gonna turn them around. I don't, know, I don't know what the outcome was supposed to be, but here we are in uh, a new century. Uh, ideas that uh, your, your grandmother, who went to Central High, same that I did, uh, didn't become the, uh, flaming communists of, of Arkansas. Right. Right. She was, she was a person that you still admired. And what I think is that your grandmother and other people who went to central when I was there, we need to hear from them that the place didn't fall apart. Uh, that, um, uh, uh, Little Rock Central has had a number of students who have succeeded, done well. Uh, it, it was considered one of the jewels of of the Mid-South in terms of uh, the building. And that I wanted to go there because I knew that it was a ticket to a better life. And that's what education has been centuries. So that uh, uh,
0: let's get on with it. Otherwise, <laughs> make it. I think it's worth pointing out because again, we can tell ourselves a story about these things retroactively that sort of absolves us of responsibility. Uh, I, I'm talking about everyone but you in this case. But um, you know, it seems like in retrospect, obviously, the governor of Arkansas was wrong obvious that segregation was wrong and that this was a, a sort of a really small minority that had hijacked things. But I'm, I, I, as I was saying, I just looked him up. Uh, according to Gallup's most admired man and woman poll of 1958, Orville Fabus was one of the 10 most admired Americans uh, at that time. And so it's, it's, I think it's really important that we look at history and remind ourselves that oftentimes the right thing, the proper thing, what, in the future, will seem like a clear cut case of right and wrong, you know we can as society can get completely incorrect, and that just how many people were on the wrong side of this issue as it was happening, probably including my own family again it, it's the fact that we don't talk about it probably makes me think that we were on the wrong side of it but but I think it's important you know as issues happen today that you don't just default to what all your friends and neighbors are thinking, because as we see with Jim Crow and segregation, these things that were unfortunately very popular at the time, we can be way off base.
1: Well, and I think recognizing that that uh, you can be on the right side of history, uh, but it's probably takes a lot, but And that the likelihood is that your neighbors are not going to applaud you. Yes. Um, uh, I think we've we've, uh, relegated Dr. King to God-like status. Now, there were many times when his efforts were being uh,
0: regarded as wrongheaded and uh,
1: going in the wrong direction.
0: I, I yeah I imagine he wasn't given given a standing ovation at your high school graduation
1: well they didn't know they didn't know who he was and uh, uh luckily uh, i I think that uh, uh, the little Rock police force didn't have any idea who martin Luther King was, so that uh they couldn't point him out but to, to his credit, he wanted to see my graduation and I'm honored
0: that he was there uh, taking part of my graduation. Yeah, he probably risked his life to be there in in, in some sense or another. Absolutely,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah, and, and in the end, he did give his life, right? It's not like he was so popular that uh, we made him a saint, you know, in his own time. I mean, he was assassinated.
1: The, that's part of the history, and uh, it's important to, to remember that. And that people who go against the grain are not necessarily the ones that we cheer on. Right. But let's uh, recognize the fact that they make an enormous contribution to make this country what it is today.
0: So how did you come to talk about all this with your own children? I I imagine uh, you wanted them to have a normal life, but you probably also um, and you probably also worried about their safety. And how did you talk to them about not just racism and its history in America, but how did you talk to them about, you know, activism and being of service and uh, and 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 values? How, How did you talk to them? Uh, in your own family?
1: Well, it it ranged from uh, my uh, uh, attempting not to bury them in the history, in in my history, uh, having them to uh, discover it both on their own and uh, with some help from me. My... uh, uh, Mackenzie um, probably will tell you that she discovered it on her own that one day in uh, in a history class uh, the teacher brought out a picture of the nine and she looked and saw that, that Terrence Roberts who was with me was one of the nines and she had a perplexed look on her face and I, I think that That those of us who have been fortunate enough to be part of history, uh, to uh, uh, show up in in a history book, uh, you want your kids to appreciate what you've done. And that's where we really were. Um, All of them, I've spoken at their classes. Uh, I said, I've, 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 uh, uh, Adam is uh, my son who is a, a history professor. I've uh, I've been at every level of uh, of uh, scholarship that he's been uh so that that uh I've tried to make myself available to be the the outside lecturer and uh, hopefully not to not to bury them in my history, but
0: to recognize that uh, we've tried to make a contribution to the country and and you went on you were you served in the carter administration, right
1: I was assistant secretary in the Carter administration for job training, employment, and training uh, I spent four years there um, and then uh, went from there to uh, uh spend time on a Wall Street firm, Lehman Brothers, and uh, uh, and now my wife is trying to get me to retire. I'm, I'm, I'm semi-retired. Every now and then I, I do a lecture like this. Uh, but uh, uh, I'm proud of my kids, uh, the work that they're doing. And uh, you know we continue to push on. I, I got a birthday coming up uh, in September. will that uh, That'll be the big AO. Wow.
0: So could could uh, you have could you have imagined as a senior at that first day of school at at, at Central High School that uh, this would be the the trajectory of your life that you'd you'd serve in a presidential administration, that a Democratic, uh, you know, governor from the South, no less. Uh, could you have imagined
1: yeah. that? No, the the uh, opportunity to serve for President Carter was great. Uh, I've known uh, a number of presidents. Uh, obviously, Bill Clinton is someone that uh, have a Personal relationship with uh, President Obama. I went to his uh, inauguration. Uh, so you know, it, it's 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 a it's a moment that I cherish. But I always thought that if you gave me a shot, that this is the way it would turn out.
0: I love that. And and that I think, again, to go to this self-interested argument, I think uh, and I read this once about uh, Anne Frank. You know, you read uh, Anne Frank's diary and you see this precocious, you know, beautiful young girl who who's struck down in her prime. Um, that she's really a stand in for generation of other talented young people that we would have never heard of. And I think when I think about your story, I think uh, Americans should see both the triumph. But it's also a reminder, you're a symbol of all the other talented, ambitious, confident young men and women who could have served in so many different capacities that were, were wrongly deprived of that opportunity and rem- and people who remain deprived of opportunities for various reasons.
1: Yeah, well, I, and I, I hope that people see the upside of it, that it's uh, it's the opportunity that we've uh, closed out to a lot of folks. Um, I'm sure my dad couldn't imagine, you know, things that have happened. But I believe that you know the future could be even brighter than what we've experienced, and there's no reason why. We ought to cut off the lights and uh, and uh, turn the lock on the door and not look for the future or how we're going to get more talent and uh, and 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 get more plus out of it. Do you do you have
0: grandchildren? Uh yes yes I have a granddaughter. That that you must that must help contribute to your optimism about the future
1: uh it does it makes me uh believe that that my optimism
0: is not uh uh misplaced um you can you can get that it's it's fine um as as, as we as we wrap up i'm just curious um hey, I, uh, I, me, yeah
1: miss secretary i gotta call you back <laughs> all right all right, thank you. That was a person I'm very proud of, uh, who like like me um uh, participated in uh government, right Rodney Slater, who's secretary of transportation and grew up uh working for Bill Clinton. Wow. Uh he's now Uh, a uh, big time lawyer in town. But uh, again, a guy who came from humble roots and uh, has uh, been able to take advantage of education uh, and and make it work for him.
0: I love that. Well, as as we wrap up as, as, as America uh, in the last year and a half has, sort of begun to to wrestle more publicly with some of these racial issues something we should have done a long time ago of course how, how do you how are you thinking about and what advice do you have to the next generation of uh americans period black or white about how we keep uh the flame going how we keep moving forward uh where we can and need to make progress what what advice do you have
1: well i, I- I think that uh, my story, uh, other stories uh, prove the point that we uh, we don't look under all the right places to find talent. And uh, my hope is that we become a lot more inquisitive about where we s- search and seek out people to make a contribution to this country. And as I said, when we started this discussion, I'm an optimist about the future, but we got to work at it. And we got to believe that uh, we can improve considerably where we're looking for talent and contribution and people who can make a uh, difference. Uh, So I want to continue to look for that difference,
0: and uh, I believe we can make it we we can make it work how, how do you think we can do a better job of that is it is it education is it uh, how how can people do a better job looking for talent uh that that as you said is not being uh, given an equal shot
1: well I, I think you you've got to uh, be willing to to look at lots of different <laughs> corners, and underneath cans, and not just the uh, usual. Let's not look at everybody who graduated from the Ivy schools. Uh, Let's see if we can't find some other uh, places that, that people congregate and have, you know, maybe homeless shelters. We aren't We aren't looking uh, uh, for talent in all the right places, as the song says. And uh, my hope is that the last two or three years prove that uh, we've got to be more creative about where we look and how we support them.
0: Yeah, not just looking looking for them, but also thinking about the ways that our systems and our institutions are making it harder for people than it needs to be and and thus preventing them from thriving and succeeding um i i would agree with you wholeheartedly well ernest this was truly an honor for me i'm so glad that uh McKinsey connected us and uh your story is very inspiring and and I, i'm honored to to be able to uh to tell people about it and uh I'm glad to see you're doing well that you've written out this uh this insane pandemic and you're still with us and uh I hope you're with us for a lot longer
1: well thank you and uh i I look forward to uh to getting this book written <laughs> getting my story told uh, but uh, my family my wife my children my sister. Um, and extended family have been the rock of my support and uh, I believe we can one we can do better two we've got to do better and three that uh, better is out there waiting for us to find them and touch them and bring them in
0: I love that. Well, writing books is one thing I do know a little bit about. So if I can help in any way, you just uh, have Mackenzie reach out and uh, I- I'm-, I'm happy to do whatever I can.
1: Well, thank you. I, I enjoyed our time together and uh, let me know what kind of response we get.
0: I, I will indeed. Th- thank you so much. Uh, this was great. I'll let you go. And I-, I hope you have a wonderful Monday.
1: All right. Thank you. And same to you. Bye, sir. All right.
0: Goodbye. Thanks so much for listening. If you could leave a review for the podcast, we'd really appreciate it. The the reviews make a difference. And of course, every nice review from a nice person helps balance out the crazy people who get triggered and angry anytime we say something they disagree with. So if you could rate this podcast and leave a review on iTunes, that would mean so much to us and it would really help the show. We appreciate it. And I'll see you next episode. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to The Daily Stoic early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen early and ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. From Wondery, this is Black History for Real. I'm Francesca Ramsey.
1: And I'm Conscious Lee. What do uh, most uh, people think about when they hear the words Black History? Rosa Parks, Reconstruction, MLK, February, Black History Month. Exactly, exactly. There are so many stories of Black History that we just are not really talking about or thinking about, especially outside of February. And we are about to flip the script on all of that. Because on this
0: show, you're going to hear a little less...